Next Chapter Podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that. 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to you. Hundreds more to go, and in need of a friend. The king of these four, Angelo, talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man J.M. On the 500. Talking the 500 until the end. My first, my last, my everything from Barry White. I played this damn near every wedding I have DJed in my life, which I haven't done in goddamn almost, nah, not 20 years, I guess about 16 years. That's not true. When John Chefsky got married uh, in 2011, I think it was. 10 or 11, uh, he didn't have a DJ and everybody wanted to dance. And so I grabbed my iPod, hooked that shit up and rocked a party. Did I play that song? You goddamn right I did. It's number 238 out of 500. The album is called Can't Get Enough. Uh, you're listening to The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, kiddos? Uh, welcome to the only podcast where a comedian who doesn't really know much about music is going to take you on a journey through some of the greatest music ever recorded with people generally that know a lot about the album that's the disclaimer the disclaimer the shackles uh we're coming back man we got a brand new album in the works uh i won my fantasy football league because my buddy maury uh decided to bench Devonte adams who scored 35 points and tom brady who scored like 40 and he he just his lineup i'm having so much fun with my friends just shitting on my friend maury like you guys have no idea who he is um i'm just i'm just trolling him at a level that i've never trolled anybody like i'm literally like sending him songs like maury 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 why'd you leave Devonte on your bench ding ding man it's fun it's fun being a fantasy football freak i'm Really not, but, you know, I love music. I love sports. I love everything. Uh, thank you to everybody that came out to the Dallas uh, House of Comedy for New Year's. We got a clip we're about to post that is so funny. Um, this dude kept talking. I guess he dude was bisexual, and he was, like, I asked him, like, what's, what's the weirdest thing you put in your butt? And he just went through everything. It's so much stuff. So then I was like, maybe you should sing about what you haven't put in your butt. And the crowd went nuts. 
Uh, all the people that came out to Shimmy, Doja Cat was there. Thank you. Uh, we got so much cool shit coming up. This weekend, I will be at the House of Comedy in Minnesota. Uh, then January 22nd, I will be in Los Angeles. Oh, no. January 20th, I will be at Laugh It Up in Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin. Then the 22nd, I will be at the Comedy Store doing a goddamn Comedy Jam. The 23rd, I'll be doing a Shimmy in Los Angeles. And then um, that's it for a minute, man. My... Um, my agent's not, not doing his job right now. I got shit starting in April again. Maybe it's maybe that's the universe telling me to take a break. But um, come to the shows. I'm always in town. I'm at the Comedy Cellar. I'm never at the stand because they're mad at me. Um, and New York Comedy Club, you know. Did I make the right decision to move to New York? I think so. I love it here. I love it. I love everything about New York. Um, what do we want to talk about? Oh, guys. Felices. Every Wednesday, we publish full episodes on Patreon for the 500 Club members paying $5 or more a month. Do you want to support a great show? We need your help. We really appreciate everybody that is subscribing, but if you're not and you listen to the podcast, man, it would help. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. We also post videos to YouTube every Thursday. I think it's YouTube.com backslash the 500 podcast. Help us. Um... You know, Jeremiah's been sitting in on the shows. Pete's always editing. Emily has uh, been taking some time off, and we love her. I miss you, Em, because uh, booking this show is hard as fuck. It's like, all right, what comic is a fan of 1920s folk music? Hit send on Twitter and watch the funny replies. All righty. Oh, joshadamires.com for tickets. I'm all over the place, man. All right, who are we talking about? Barry motherfucking White. B-Dub, as I like, or have been calling him. Uh, B-Dub, probably the one singer that I have such an easy time singing along to. Um, I love his music. Uh, this was my first rodeo with a B-Dub record, and I couldn't have been happier. Uh, and then to get my guest, my good friend Yamanika Saunders is back. You remember her from the TLC episode. She's all over the place right now. Um... Half Hour on Comedy Central, The Degenerates on Netflix. Um, she's been on Inside Amy Schumer, That Damn Michael Che. Uh, she's on Amy Schumer's new show. Her debut record, Damsel in Distress, is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon. And she has a uh, live stream she does almost every day. I think <clears throat> that's on her social media. So, guys, support her because this is, this is, uh, this, we get heated, we cool off. We give him love. And there's nobody realer than Yamanika Saunders. Whether you agree with what she's saying or not, man, it's interesting. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the 500. Listen free on all platforms and anywhere you get your pods. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. I post clips daily. <coughs> Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things about this podcast, go to the website. 500podcast.com I'm so excited to introduce to all of you number 283 can't get enough I'm so excited we're sitting down to do this record because this is like a funny thing about Barry White like if there was anybody whose voice I can sing exactly like it's B-Dub you ready to dive into you ready to dive into some B-Dub I am all right is B-Dub the sexiest 
soul singer of all time. That's how I'm starting this. Hell no. <laughs> no. He's singing some of the sexiest songs, but he wasn't, he, he looked like one of the characters from The Wiz. he was like a big dude with a a drippy kind of jerry curl s carl combo i mean i guess back in the day women back in the day that was the look you know you know look like one of the characters from the wiz but i mean would that fly today barry white was pretty he was a pretty thick dude now i like i yeah he looked like a baptist pastor in Charleston, South Carolina, nobody, that's not the look of a nobody getting their underlings going over him. But the song yeah. that he would sing would be so seductive that I think the women would be like, yeah, let's get a little Barry White. But I don't want to date a man who's also in the hair salon the same time I'm in the hair salon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. He looks you know like, he, when you he said he looked with rollers in his hair. Come on. He, when, he, when you said he looked like the pastor, he looks like that pastor that's in church and he's like, yeah, my watch is $80,000. But that don't right. mean that you can't keep contributing. Right. He's also, the, but look at the woman that he has, this beautiful woman here. I mean, b- black women, we was really grabbing at straws back in the day. Because they would never, you know, this is how sexist the music business is. They would never let a woman get away with looking like this and calling her a sex symbol. But Barry White, you know, he was able to get away with it. Now, I think, it, you know, Barry White had a lot of things going on. Yeah, what did he have going on? What is, what is, because I look at him as if you just listen to straight voice, straight yeah. song. Oh, yeah. I, I think, I think you can put him up there with Marvin Gaye. Oh, no, of course. Are we yeah. talking about, you said he was a sex symbol. I'm talking yes. about. All encompassing. Sex, no. Oh, you keep, oh, you keep telling me this and telling me that. And when none of the words any of the women were telling him was that he was fine, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this because they were like, ah, who knows this bitch, who is this bitch, who is she, da, da, da. But I'm telling you, this is not the look. <laughs> this is nothing about this is saying sex symbol to me. He doesn't look sexy. He looks like him and I are gonna have the same type of maintenance budget every month. <laughs> If not more, he gonna have more because I don't even wrap my hair up when I go to bed. I'm not doing it right. He look like he got to get hair curlers. He yep. need bobby pins. We mm-hmm. it's gonna be a bobby pin shortage at the house. It's gonna be a safety <laughs> pin shortage at the house because he gonna be popping out of his outfits. I'm gonna be popping out of mine. He gonna be asking me where the Vaseline is so that he can get his. You know, like this is pure Vaseline. So then what is it, what is it that is, that I find that to make him, you know, I consider him a sexual icon. Is it the fact that his voice is so deep and buttery? Is it because his songs are about love making and real love and like, you know, you're my first, you're my last, you're my everything, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, no bullshit. Barry White, I, I DJed weddings for seven yeah. years. And yeah. every when wedding. When was the last time somebody asked you for a Barry White selection at a at a wedding? Nobody, now, ever, he, nobody ever asked. I played. I played. Right, right, right. You got to spring Barry White on people. Now, Barry White, he was amazing. I'm I'm talking about this was my time, right? I remember he was making a resurgence when I was a kid because he had already been out there. 
Mm-hmm. And Barry White was making a comeback. And I remember them making a big deal about Barry White making a comeback. And I was like, who is this? But the songs were so great. He, listen, I, this is about the music. Yes. If, what was the woman on America's Got Talent in England, the one that looked like a, a secretary at the, at a community? Katie, uh, Katie Boyle. No, is yes. that Katie Boyle? Is that, a, is that well, the that's comic? That's Boyle, some of the other. She looked, she looked like a bull and she sounded like a bull. I mean, she didn't sound like a bull, but she looked like a bull. Okay. Susan Boyle. She was like, Susan, Susan Boyle. Boyle. She was like, I sang a song. Yes. She looked like a boring Boyle. And look, even with them trying to put her together, she still <laughs> looked like a librarian because that woman wasn't about that lifestyle. You understand? Yeah. If you are about the lifestyle of looking like a sex symbol, you can get yourself together. But Susan said, listen, I, I don't need no contouring. Let this neck stay where it's at. Let the giblets on my arms live. I'm about the voice. And some people's voice is amazing, so you can look past all of that. That was Barry White. I don't I think Barry White became a sexual. I think he wanted his songs to make people make love. I think he wanted his songs to make people feel hot and try. But I also don't think Barry White was looking at himself going, I'm the next Billy D. Williams. <laughs> no, I I look, I'm not I'm not taken away from the fact that all that shit that you said about him is right. His look, his hair, his, his weight, like he's, he's, but there's something about him that I think is very sexy. And I've always. What is done, it? I don't know. I, I just, one, I love his music. I, 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 cause I listened to this record and then I just would put on like on Spotify, like on dark Lord Spotify, I'd put on, this is Barry white. And it just has all of like his greatest hits and every song after every song is incredible. Um, and it's, there's just something about him that, that I'm attracted to. I don't know what it is. He's probably yeah. extremely confident. You know, he he's. Could it be the fact that he got these pin curls and he looked like a chick? I'm, what I'm telling you is like a lot of it is what's going on, Barry? Your stylist failed you. Your hairdresser failed you. It, I don't know what you dress like the lion in the wind. And, and this is why I'm doing this. They would never let women get away with this. Do you understand what I'm saying? You ain't gonna have some haphazard big bitch running around with pin curls talking about she's singing sexy songs and she this and this and that. Listen, they almost did let Aretha get away with having them big ass titties. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, but no, I wanna not to wait, hold up, hold up. I wanna amend what you're saying. What about what about what about Lizzo right now? Where have you been? The only people cheering Lizzo on is uh, white girls with low self-esteem and gay men. All the men, straight men are talking about ew, 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 ew. We're the ones telling Lizzo that she looks amazing. Like men are fucked up creatures that don't look like shit half the time, but expect their counterpart to look amazing. That's the reality. You and I don't see it a lot because we're in the business of comedy. So everybody looks equivocal at trash in comedy, right? (laughs) And then whatever gives us pizzazz is the fact 
that we have a young kind of hip lifestyle. We talk fun, we fun, we engage in. That gives a little mystique to us. But the reality is the rest of the world is just a bunch of mediocre men looking for women that are out of their league, complaining and punching down on women who are in their league when they can't get the bitches that's getting $10 million to go to Dubai. So I'm not giving Barry White this. I'm not doing it because it's sexist at this point. He looks a fucking mess. But mm. at the same time, fuck what he looked like. He was so incredible with his song. There it is. Lyrics, what he could do. He could go up there looking like a plus size Oompa Loompa and everybody could be like, oh yeah, I was conceived in one of his songs. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Hashtag plus size oompa loompa that is how i know they're gonna come for me hard with the internet but they know the one thing they know is they know i'm telling the truth you're not not giving him sex symbol like that we have we have enough dudes that like listen to be honest with you i think we've had some dudes that had more sex symbolness to them than that what not as good some people may arguably say as um barry white like you know teddy pendergrass was great Teddy Pendergrass was a, was a sex symbol. He had that polyester hush puppy outfit on with the, you know, the the V neck with the, you know, the bell bottoms and the cuffs and all this. And the lady was going crazy. And he had the little mustache and the, you know, the little pack down afro. But you know, was Teddy as good as as Barry? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Barry was excellent. Teddy was great too, but a lot of people would put Teddy Pender, um, Eddie, Eddie Murphy. A lot of people would put Barry White over Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah. Um. So to ask that, to ask and answer that question about where and how is this guy that with all mm-hmm. these things that you just described, uh, become this iconic soul, you know, sex symbol, for for the most part. 
Because um, of women. Because of yeah, women. But but yeah. here I I have the this is this is this is a little bit a little blurb because I don't know if everybody knows who Barry White is. It's a little this will catch everybody up if this is your first time listening to B Dub. He's born Barry Carter. He was a Grammy award-winning singer and producer born in Galveston, Texas. He sold over 100 million albums. White is known for his distinctive, smooth, deep, soulful voice, earning him the nickname, and I don't know if I like this, the Walrus of Love. Is that apt? No, come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on. I, I didn't call him Beyonce the Walrus of, of Pop. Come, you know what I mean? Like They knew what time it was. But back then, in, the, in that day, niggas that walruses was winning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so he recorded 20 studio albums during the course of his career, but multiple versions and compilations were released worldwide that were certified gold. 41 of them, which also attained platinum status, White had 20 gold and 10 platinum singles with worldwide record sales in the excess of 100 million and is one of the best-selling music artists of all time. His influences included James Cleveland, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, The Supremes, The Four Tops, and Marvin Gaye. So this is a little bit of how he got to us talking about him on this podcast. Grew up in the Watts neighborhood of South Central Los Angeles. Grew up listening to his mother's classical music collection, first took to piano, emulating what he heard on the records. At eight years old, White sang in his church choir. By the age of 16, his only sibling and brother had been murdered in a gang fight. He quit school and was jailed for four months for stealing $30,000 worth of Cadillac tires. If there was ever a more 1970s crime, I think that's the most 70s crime. I just stole $40,000 of hubcaps. Like, when, when, were, when were hubcaps big? I think they still are. I don't know why I'm saying that. I think people well, still like go to rent. like 1937, though. Where is that? I think we have his actual date. Uh, Jared, it's not up here. Can you look for and find out exactly when the, when the exact year he was born? Yeah. Um, it was there in jail. He heard Elvis Presley's It's Now or Never, and that inspired him to straighten up and pursue a music career. White I, had another. Go ahead. What do you got? 44. He was born. 1944. OK. They always trying to sneak in somewhere that Elvis Presley, who was stealing music from black people, yes. was inspiring black people. How the fuck he going to be inspired by Elvis Presley, who was inspired by, and dare I say, damn little Richard. So come on. OK. I didn't write this bio, okay? I wasn't okay, there, y'all. What kind of gang fight <laughs> he getting in? And he was born in 1944, and the Crips wasn't even invented until 1986. He was in the Sharks from West Side Story. Everything you said about Elvis is 100% right. He stole from everybody, but he was one of the most popular musicians of all time, and people did. White, color, white Spanish didn't make a difference. You, it would, you, the people were inspired by the Beatles and, and so on and so forth, and, and that's unfortunately white people have been stealing from black people since the dawn of, of civilization, and it, just in music. And I say this on stage, every inkling of music that you've ever heard up until now somehow some way it was taken from some black dude that did it you know at a fucking cafe hundreds of years ago or whatever i appreciate oh. you saying that also save it for the black history show okay I mean, we got we're coming up 
January. Well, this comes out in January. So, yeah. All right. Where were we? So it was there here at Elvis. Uh, inspired him to straighten up, pursue music. White had another moment of inspiration on his 18th birthday, which also was the first day back for, for his graduating year of high school. He skipped class to walk to Capitol Records headquarters in downtown Los Angeles and stood across the street from the office, staring for hours, seeing the liveliness of the area. It inspired him to work in Hollywood and the entertainment industry after, despite not knowing how to read or write. So now... What kind of fucking werewolf story is this? He don't know how to read and write, but he know how to steal hubcaps. And he was in his, his brothers was killed in gang violence. <laughs> read or write music, though, is the thing. He can read and write. Oh, he can oh, read. Oh, write yeah, music. I forgot. I forgot to add music. I forgot to add oh, music. Oh my You're god, right. yeah, yeah. I'm that sorry, I didn't see. That was a humongous ass. Okay. I didn't see it. It I seemed like he would have a lot of time to know how to read and write music because he spent so much time under the hairdryer. All he could do was. <laughs> <how to write. laughs> oh my god all right here we go this is this is how the music career takes it right here he played bass for the upfronts before releasing music under the name barry white and as lee barry white found his first success as a writer and producer in the late 50s and 60s no in the late 60s with felice taylor's uk hit i feel love coming on then his soul trio love and limited reached the u.s top 20 with their first single walking in the rain with the one i love in 1972 white scored his own top 10 hit the following year with i'm gonna love you just a little more baby than his first number one with love's theme under the name of his backing band love unlimited orchestra in the early 74 his first eight records were either certified gold or platinum in the u.s or silver in the uk love's unlimited second record went gold in the u.s and two of love unlimited orchestras did the same between the three acts white racked up over 40 platinum records and scored 14 top 40 hits in the u.s in this peak era of 72 through 78 with and this is what i am just going through this these songs some of these are some of the most popular if not iconic r&b soul songs of all time Never, never gonna give you up, which is arguably one of my favorite songs ever. Like I love that. So we covered that at the goddamn comedy jam uh, once, and and the crowd stared at me like, "What the fuck are you singing?" And I was just like, "No, this one's for me." Uh, can't get enough of your love, babe. Mm-hmm. You're the first, the last, my everything. What mm-hmm. am I gonna do with you? And it's ecstasy when you lay down next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that brings us to this record now. I want to go back and ask you a question mm-hmm. out of what we were saying. Cause he was, even though, you know, we, we, we shit a little bit on Elvis. He, um, he was inspired by it's now or never very popular song. What is there anything that's ever like a song that ever inspired you to make a change in your life? Has music ever touched you in a way that you just, you heard something and you were like different direction, moving award. No, because I, my life is not an after-school special. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, I've had songs that have touched me deeply. I want to say this, and I won't answer the question, but I want to say this. The fact that he only went silver and things like that, maybe bronze or whatever the hell, is a, is a testament to the time and how much people were not really supporting art, you know, soul artists, R&B artists, you know, because they weren't popular music. 
And so for him to make those feats and have those kind of pull those kind of numbers is incredible. I Insane. mean, yeah, because, you know, we um, th- there's not a lot of support other than black people supporting soul music and stuff like that. And we even having a hard time keeping R&B around because so many people don't support R&B in the way that they need to. You know, we're losing that genre, um, you know, but when when Barry Wright White came back onto the scene, I probably was like 15, 16 years old when he was coming back into the scene. We were singing his shit all up in high school. Yeah. You know, we were singing all of that. So he was an incredible artist that was able to like come back. Um, I don't even know if it was so much. Sometimes people have to reinvent themselves to come back. I mean, he just came with an updated version, I think, of who he was. This is Barry now at, you know, 55. Yeah. You know? Um, I think a lot of the reason, and not to cut you off, but just to add that, one of the main reasons that he he had a comeback was because he appeared in The Simpsons. Like, and that, that like, re-sparked a whole nother, like, era of people. It's like, just Mm -hmm. to hit that audience. And I love that you said... And this is true about R&B and and black artists, especially of the 60s and the 70s, because two of my favorites, Sam Cooke and Otis Redding, had to go to these white areas and basically pay their own way to do their own show, because if they could crack the white audience, then you could be successful. So for someone like Barry, who, you know, isn't like you know it's like sam cook is this jolly like you know like he his his aura and the way he presented himself to white people is like oh i'm just really good guy change is gonna come but but barry is is you know the motherfucker is black he's very black he's very a lot of in your face you know it's one of the reasons why we haven't really been able to get too many black boy band i mean really other than new addition to really cross over like that because you know, with the sexualization of black men, especially with white women getting enticed, you know, that that all plays into the marketing as well. You, you know, there's not a lot of support and shit going on. Listen, racism is in everything and it, and it stops. And then I also say to my own people, I'm like, you know, we have to really we 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 don't really rally behind each other in certain ways. Right. So if you are not like. We all like Sam Cooke, but, you know, how many black people are like Sam Cooke like that? You know what I'm saying? Like other people that they will put that we kind of, um, you know, got our hands on more than certain artists. Because once artists get into this sort of whitewashed mainstream, then you don't then you feel like they're not our artists anymore because they're doing a lot of appeasing and pleasing white audiences. But on the flip end, they're appeasing white audiences because that's where the money is. But the money is only there because we live in a racist society that keeps, you know, black people socially and economically disenfranchised. So it's all a trickle down. So the fact that he's been able to make any of the gains that he made or do any of the things he did, what I'm telling you, they're not promoting him and that all that sex and stuff and getting white women's panties moist. They're not promoting him in the white community. Black people are holding him down. And you'd be surprised how many black artists are being held down by the Korean community. You know, people, a lot of people going to Korea and places like that to go where we don't even see them. Like, I think Cisco does that a lot. We don't really promote Cisco other than maybe the thong song here. Every now and then we'll dust him off and let him sing at a BET Awards. But he can go to Korea right now and do his whole catalog and there'll be Cisco, Cisco, Cisco. 
So it's it's fucked up how the business can be yeah. in all forms of entertainment for people of color. Yeah. Um, but on that, for him to mm-hmm. do what he did, I mean, it is is pretty fucking incredible. I didn't realize he had sold this many records. And now to talk about this record, which, you know, hey, you got a record on the 500 greatest albums of all time. This is this is a big deal just to have. And there's some people that are have had way more prolific careers and they don't have a record on there. Um, and this is like, I think probably for a lot of the listeners, and I don't know if you if you experience the same, this is the first time I ever listened to one of his records from start to finish. And mm. I, and I'll be completely honest. This is 31 minutes of just gold from start to finish. This is a perfect album. There is not one bad song on it. There's no filler. I mean, there's literally, I think seven songs on it. Two of them are just, uh, are just, uh, instrumental outros. So this is this is the little breakdown. I can't get enough for everybody. Hold on, let me just. I got indigestion. Anytime I start podcasting, I get indigestion. I don't know why. Yeah. Anytime I have voiceover work. Yeah, yeah, it's called getting older. I take. You know, three, I don't know I take, what it is. Could it be that, that every time I wake up, I get a step closer to death? <laughs> <laughs> Positivity plus. Who's this Eckhart Tolle on the show? Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> Maury, 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 Maury. Ah, yeah, y'all. It's conversations like these that remind me why I love doing this show. But once it's over, you might be saying, great content. Please tell me there's more. So let me tell you about another show from Next Chapter Podcast and the Washington, D.C.-based comedy troupe, the Midnight Gardeners League, you're going to love called Midnight Public Radio. This semi-scripted comedy series is a weirdo love letter to the American life, chock full of sketches, poking fun at latte sipping, cardigan wearing, coastal elites, and their obsession with stuffy intellectual broadcasting. And season two has been hilarious as they ratchet up the craziness by taking a gonzo approach to classic radio dramas. Host Ari Wood dug through the MPR archives and unearthed Outpost MG5, a satirical spoof of sci-fi adventures like Star Trek and Buck Rogers with plenty of horny androids, hyper-violent aliens, and half-drunk time travelers. Season two is just about to come to its thrilling conclusion, so listen to Midnight Public Radio wherever you get your podcasts or go to MidnightGardenersLeague.com to learn more. Once again, that's MidnightGardenersLeague.com to learn more. My foot's numb. Now back to the show. Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. So this is the third record released by Barry White. Can't Get Enough finds the Bedroom Alchemist coming up with another solid batch of lush proto-disco gems. They just called him everything but a sex symbol. He's the chocolate walrus, the bedroom (laughs) alchemist, the the heroin hairdo aficionado of singing. I mean, like, it's... 
crazy. <laughs> but he I mean, vocals, the arrangement, and the artwork. He did, he, who was he? Beyonce. He, he did everything for this record. So check it out. White went from strength to strength during the seventies, collaborating with co-arranger Gene Page and some of the most sophisticated and seamless charts in popular music. Philly mm-hmm. soul architects, Leon Huff, Kenny Gamble, and Tom Bell also deserve recognition in this regard. Can't Get Enough features two of his biggest chart toppers. You're my first, my last, first, the last, my everything, and Can't Get Enough of Your Love, Babe. Besides the hits, it's not just all padding here. I, I completely agree with this statement. I can't believe you love me and oh love, well, will we finally made it qualify as twos of two of White's most fetching slow burners while Mellow Mood parts one and two show off his knack for layered instrumentals. Wanting to get away from recording in Hollywood, White chose to record tracks for his third record at Whitney Recording Studios in suburban Glendale, California. So before I move on to how many albums were sold and all that other shit, there's... God damn it. I, I want to, I wish I would have gone ahead of time and, and, and pulled out this, this time code for this record. There's a place in this record that in one of these songs, I just want to find the song. I can't, I scoff. I can't believe you love me. And this is the whole song. I, I'm literally in the car listening to this and I am like, I got tears rolling down my face and I'm just, my darling, ah, I mean, powerful, moving. It's not doing anything other than just, you know, making me dream. This is so lame yeah. what I'm about to say, of a love that I one day hope mm-hmm. to, to match that of what he's singing about. It's beautiful. Listen, the glasses are off everybody <laughs> glasses are off she's pinching her center eyebrow <laughs> there's a trauma that is integral to the black experience here that just puts you into a tap that i don't know i don't you know i don't you know maybe go seek whatever you can you know wherever you can get you yeah. may not ever get my darling. Ah, you know that's <laughs> you know that's like that's real love. It's not even real. It's just like it's. I watch my foremothers and my forefathers get separated mm. from each other, sold off, families, you know, destroyed, kids not knowing where their parents are. You know, this is where we come from. And once you've broken down the fabric of a of a group of people like that, there's a there's a way that they tap into the world and feeling that hard if you haven't experienced that amount of pain to express it. Mm-hmm. You know. No, it makes sense. We love, yeah. we all love Britney Spears, but it's not, she's not going to give you my darling eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly. She's going to give mean. you hit me baby one more time. Yeah. It's, well, this is, this is something that came from a, 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 a deeper connection to his emotions and his feelings. And so when he sings that note, 
there's 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 love there's pain there's all of that stuff behind it that's why it touched me do you know what i mean like what that's what i love about music is i hear certain things and and it could be a chord change or the way somebody sings and it just Mm -hmm. grabs my heartstrings and just pulls at it it could just be man this is just a beautiful note or this is just a beautiful moment in the song but um Mm -hmm. i mean this this album from start to finish just i mean God damn. That's the only way to explain yeah. it. If I had to give a review of it, God damn. Is can Robert Gra- Gristo, that guy we always talk about, <laughs> like that's 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 if I wrote a review for this, it'd be like, God damn. Not even God. G-A-A. Yeah. Damn. Well, you already know how I feel, but I, if I had to write a review for it, it would it would be called Sunday afternoons or Saturday afternoons. Yeah, this is this, is, this is the type the of stuff my mother and grandmother would cling to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like are we is somebody making love or is somebody making love to the mop? <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I was looking. No, I mean this, Yam. I was looking forward to this when I saw this coming up on the list. I, I've as I've gotten older, I, I find you know I love rock. I love the hip hop I grew up listening to. I even started loving like old country and and classical and jazz. But what I've really been drawn to are the soul singers. Otis Redding, who I have a painting up there of him, is my favorite singer of all time. I think he's if I people are always like if you go see any concert your whole life, who would you go see? I'm like, oh my god, Otis Redding live at the Whiskey Go Go. I've listened to that live album over and over. Sam Cooke, one of my favorites. Al Green. Um, there's just there's so much of it. And so Barry was a guy that, like I said, I'd play these songs at his dude. You're my first, my last, my everything. I would go, I would like after the the best man speeches and we do the first dance. uh, Then I'd be like, you know, they'd have their slow dance. And then I'd put on that. Oh, I thought you were saying I was your first, your last, everything. (laughs) You are my first, my last, my everything. You're all, you're my you're my fucking boo, dude. dude I, I hope you fucking smuggle booze from Mexico onto international <laughs> waters. So don't act like I wouldn't the, die for you. The dosa, the dosa, the dosa. But you no, know, this is like this. Your first, my last, my everything. It was that was the song that that really like per, like you would you would get people dancing to it. And I mean, I feel like we could sit here, we could break down every song on the record. But here, let me let me just tell everybody what this this album actually did. It topped the R and B charts. His third album to do so. It also topped the Billboard 200 and peaked at number four on the UK album charts. The album included two Billboard R&B number one singles, Can't Get Enough of Your Love and You're My First, My Last. Both were also successful on the Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number one and number two, respectfully. Both singles also hits, hits were hits in the UK singles chart, peaking at eight and one, respectively. So like we were saying, if, you gotta, if you're going to make it big, you got to hit white. You got to hit the white people. Dude, he hit the whitest place in the fucking world, the UK. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's about as white as you can get. That's where Susan Boyle's from. Um, this, this is the only time we're talking about Barry on the 500. He did not make the 2020 re-rank cut, which, which actually, and Yam, I, you know, this is what something that kind of, I, I'm actually shocked that this record didn't make the 2020, the, the 2012 and all the lists prior to the, together, by the way, pardon Who's putting this together? So no, hear me out. This is what I was this is what I'm about to get to. Okay. So the 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 2002, 8, and 12 are the first three lists, and then 2020. Those were all for the most part submitted by artists 
managers, uh, record executives, and a lot of them old white. Oh, it's like a variety. It's a variety, but but no, but hear me out. But these were all like these are all people that were critics, people that work in the music industry. But but those first three lists were made up of of a mix of of people. But the majority is old white men because those were the guys that that were the record execs and they were the managers and blah blah blah. The twenty twenty list came in the summer of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. And so they they came out with this different list, which was much more multicultural. And I feel like gave hip hop and gave like, like 2000s R&B and, and people like Drake and Beyonce and Kanye and a lot of the people that were, that were popular that weren't, I'm not saying that Kanye is not on the older lists, but it was a much more younger, multicultural and giving a lot of, like give you an idea. The Beatles, Sgt. Pepper, which was number one on every list, dropped to number 25 in Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, which is a brilliant record, don't get me wrong, but that moved up to number one. And it was just like Lauryn Hill went from the the mid-300s to like number, I think, 10 or 12. So it was like, it was what you would say is like, this is, these are, these are like now starting to become where it's like, I don't want to call it a more woke list because that's not the right word, but definitely a more all encompassing black, Latino, Asian, whatever. They all voted on this. And, and for something like this record, which I would have thought would have stayed on the 2020 list, mm-hmm. it, it gets dropped off. Do you agree with that? Or, or just, you know, I'm just talking out of my ass. I I have a problem with list in general. I I think I would like the, in terms of list, I I would probably respect the newer list more just because, you know, listen, this, this sort of list shit is really some white people shit. I'm just going to be honest with you. And it's been a way to exclude people of color and all kinds of shit out of lists, right? If I get to tell you who's the greatest of all time and I'm the one that's making the list and I'm also trying to get a reflection of me, I'm leaving out a lot of people. A lot of people was left out of that 500 that should have been in there. Sure. You know, it's, it's you know, you want to use black people for one thing, but then you don't want to give black people the recognition. The fact that we have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and it's hard for, it, like, we just now seeing more black artists getting a rock and roll hall of fame and getting their due and their acclaim. You know, we've been watching black artists have they shit ripped from them from David Bowie ripping shit and all these other n- white niggas ripping shit off of black women singing. And you got that whole documentary on the backup singers. So yeah, fuck these lists. I yeah. mean, like I, I'm going to be honest with you, fuck the list, but good. If people want to bring out a new list and go, listen, I'm also going to impede on the shit that you started, and I'm going to add people that you didn't, you know, who they not going to bring out Wu-Tang. These new kids got to bring out Wu-Tang, yeah. you know? These new yeah. kids got to... Now, to the flip side of that, they also putting people in there that don't nobody want to see on that list. You know, it's like, well, don't bring this yuck mouth over here that, you know, whatever he's thinking, because I don't I don't want no no nigga that got a diamond in his brain on the list. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want nobody to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want nobody like that on the list. Yeah. But also on the original list, you had a but, you know, you had whichever bitch was, you know, Patty Duke had an album back in 1965 <laughs> called The Malt Shop or whatever and the Poodle Skirt. 
I don't want to hear that bitch on the 500 either. Patty Duke, go act, bitch. Go find your cousin and tell her that your sister <laughs> or twins or whatever you say. Hashtag fuck Patty Duke. I want to see if you listen to this Patty far. Duke. All right. I want to talk. This, but wait, I want to say this. All of this are bull. Yes, dude, it's, I know, but I, I have dedicated the last 9.68 years of my life to this, so. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> listen, I don't, you know what you was getting into when you brought me here, but the I, fact I know, that, I, you know, but the, the, but the reality is, I don't, I don't count what I'm saying as anything to deter whatever you got going on. We're still going off of a list, but at the end sure. of the day, we go, how come this and how come that and how come this? Oh. Patriarchy, racism, misogyny. Oh, sweetheart, sweetheart, sweetheart. For sure. I don't look at this list as actually being right. I just look at it as like, this is a collection of albums I just want to listen to. Yeah, And and it gets me talking to my friends and and that's it. And because this is the God's honest truth. I'm glad I listened to this record by Barry White, whether I listened to it two years ago or three years from now, it doesn't make a difference. It's now in my life. And now my life, and I, this is going to sound lame, is significantly better mm-hmm. having this album, the way that music touches me, to have that moment crying in the car, listening to I Can't Believe You Love Me. I mean, that's that's everything to me. I love it. It was a good cry. And I, you know, and, and you, you know, you've <laughs> always been very emotional and sensitive and shit like that. It's uh, it's a good quality. I, I'm trying to see why I haven't had this kind of string moment with Barry White. You know, maybe I need to go back and do what I need to do my due diligence because I think Barry White was incredible. But I, in terms of, did he change my life? No, no. But I say, look, it's it's. It's music affects me. I didn't, maybe yeah. I didn't really lit. What I'm saying is I've listened to this album a thousand times because I had no choice. And sometimes you take things like that for granted. So I would, ex, I would want to em, explore this again, this album again. Then do this, Yom, do this. Cause I know what you're saying. It was like whole thing in White Man Can't Jump where he's like, no, you hear Jimmy, but you're not listening to Jimmy. Right, right, right. You heard this record. I, on that car ride, and when I do these albums on the podcast, I listen to them. First time I might hear them, but the the second or third listen, because especially if I really dig it and I've gotten into it, then I fucking sit down and I'm like track for track digging in. Um, You know, it's, it's, dude, it's, it's, music is, that's, that's all, look, I love comedy, love it. Laughing is one of the most beautiful things you can do, but music, man, it, it just makes, it yeah. makes everything better. It makes everything better. Jo- a good laugh from a good joke is great, but man, it's like, once you hear that laugh and you hear that, you have that laugh and you hear that joke, you can't forget that. It's not going to have the same effect, but a song like, like, you know, I'll be honest. And I'm just, cause I really want to talk about two songs on this record. Uh, you're my first, my last, my everything. It's like, I've heard that a million times when I finally listen to it and I'm in the car and I'm rocking. I'm like, this song is awesome. I've like, heard that a lot too. My first, my last, my everything. And then normally when I'm going looking at my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a little blurb on this. White's friend, Peter Sterling Radcliffe started writing this as a country song called You're My First, My Last, My In-Between. But he couldn't get it recorded for 21 years. When White was down on his luck, Radcliffe stepped up and brought his children toys for Christmas, 
a kindness White didn't forget when he became famous. So when Radcliffe offered him the song, he didn't hesitate to hear it. Barry was great at taking anything you brought him and turning it upside down and making a hit into it. Here's the cool shit. He changed the genre from country to disco. He kept the chord changes and part of Radcliffe's melody, but also added his own melody and nearly all new lyrics. And he's quoted saying, I heard what was inside the song, White explained. Most of the changes came to him during a rough recording session when it didn't seem like the song was going to pan out. I went into the studio and made up my own melody all the way through. Half of the words in it changed right in front of the microphone. When Radcliffe heard the first result or heard the final result, he cried. This is White's third number one single on the R&B chart. Uh, what song kept his this at number two instead of number one from the Hot 100? Elton John's version of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I've never even heard that. That's lame. Uh, but in the UK, White surpassed the English singer. His single went to number one when Elton topped out at number 10. The single version song eliminates most of the intro and slightly different lyrically. Uh, I, I think that and then, I mean, can't get enough of your love, babe. I mean, this is this is like this is I mean, these are some of the best songs of the 70s. Mm -hmm. You know, what do we got a little bit? The warm, the cozy tones of this song places squarely in the heyday of the 70s soul music. Barry White is often mentioned in close proximity with Isaac Hayes and his music is considered one of the precursors to disco. Yeah, this is dance music. This isn't just like slow fucking. You can fuck to this and you can dance to this. That's a big deal when you can do both of them. Because um, that's all fucking is. Just, you know, just dancing perpendicular. Um, no mm -hmm. pun intended. Released as a first single from this album, Can't Get Enough, topped the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and, R and Billboard R&B charts. It has since become his signature tune. It was his second U.S. chart topper after Love's Theme. Um, and a little blurb, I guess, about this is Barry White's... Barry White fell in love in 1973 to Glow James. Oh, I love that name. Glow who was one of the members of his Love Unlimited backing trio of singers. He wrote the song for her one night when he couldn't get off to sleep. Barry and Glodine married in 74 and for a time were one of the best couple, best known couples in showbiz. The pair separated in 88, but never divorced and remained good friends for the remainder of White's life. And I mean, this was covered by Taylor Dane, CNC Music Factory. Barry White uh, recorded the, a new version of the song for the Whacking Day episode of The Simpsons. Um, yeah, man. I mean, look, I, I I could sit there and talk about Mellow Mood Part 2. I could talk about, oh, love, we finally made it. I could talk about anything that's on this record. But, I mean, it, it's a perfect album. And to have two incredible hits on it, and, and I mean it, man. You put this on. Just let it ride. It's, ba it's perfect. Background music is perfect. Driving music is perfect. Fucking music. Dude, Barry rules. That's what, hashtag Barry rules. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. All right. I got some filler facts. Um, these, some of these I mean, might be kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to start this. White was, White was overweight for most of his adult life and suffered from health-related health suffered from related health problems. He was also known to be a heavy smoker, reportedly smoking approximately 150 cigarettes a day. <laughs> God 
damn, seven to eight packs of cigarettes. Even when I was on opiates, the most I ever smoked was three. And I was on heroin. <laughs> White had at least nine children, two fathered by the age of 16 with his first wife and four uh total with her he also had four children with his second wife glodine the ninth child he had fathered in 62 but he didn't find out about until 88 um what other stuff is there his music was used in different commercials uh good season salad dressing mix uh oldsmobile jeep arby's also his voice i don't know if you guys know this was the first to be heard in apple's first ibook commercial i mean he's God dang, he should have done fucking hair, hair care estate, products. That estate, if that if if the family got a hold of the estate, that money is pretty nice. Oh, how much, Jared? Look up how much is uh, the very white up. estate is. Yeah. When he died, it was at twenty million. That's it. He sold so many albums. That seems yeah. like it low. Well, that's what's fucked up. A lot of these artists now are selling their music catalog and they're getting paid while they're alive. They're getting triple paid. And someone like Barry White, I don't even think he probably had that opportunity to like even do it. All right, we got a couple Patreon questions uh, and then we'll get you out of here, right? Um, first one, can the argument be made that T-Pain is the Barry White of the 21st century? This is from Brian, by the way. So thank you, Brian, for the question. What do you think, Yam? No, and 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 I, and that's not even a negative. They're so different. I mean, I, I, T Pain, I wasn't aware how incredible he is. He really yeah. is incredible and incredible, I think underrated. But I think what I, I I'm sure there's some very white influences there. But I think what they do is so different. And I don't, and I think that Barry White was really about the ballads and and love and making people feel and and I think what T Pain does is like he makes you feel, but he also makes you dance. He makes you, you know, like there's a lot of different levels going on. I think also in the time that Barry White came up, it was you you sort of had your wheelhouse, right? Mm -hmm. You weren't able to be as multifaceted as an artist as you are now to kind of like, oh, I'm doing a little bit of punk now. I'm going to do a little bit of R&B. I'm going to do a little bit of the, I give you a little bit of versatility. So um, I think they're both great, but I don't think that they're uh, comparable. I, I, I agree with partially what you're saying. I don't think they're, 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 they're comparable. What I do think though is that is that what Barry is great at is that it's just his voice and you strip away everything. It's the beautiful melodies that are behind him, but it's his voice that's carrying this everything. It's just, he's there's You feel it in his voice. Now T-Pain used a lot of auto tune, but when you, if you've ever seen them where they strip away and he just does like an acoustic performance of like, I'm in love with a stripper. That's what I've seen mostly from him now. Yeah. That he, it was unfortunate that he even had the auto tune because he did not need it. Yeah, I, I think that I, th I look, and I'm not saying that that it's, it was a part of that time. It was sure. a part of that time, and yeah. people, and it was something new, and people were into it. But what I'm telling you is, when I first saw T Pain live without all that shit going on. I was, my mouth drops. I was like, wow, he's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I look, I, I think you, I think there's an argument to be made that they're very similar. Maybe, you know, T-Pain's a little chubby. Um, and That's they all, all it is aesthetically. They're I, black. They said they, both their hair had questionable moments <laughs> in terms of like, you know, I don't see them, but I think they're both great. 
That's Could, do, you, do you think Barry White, if he was an artist that came out today with more updated music, but still the mm-hmm. same voice, do you think that he could be just as popular? Same songs, but, you know, more updated to fit, you know, today's music. Do you think... Not so, looking so, the way he looked. And I'm just being honest, right? Sure. Like, you had somebody like Ruben Stutter, who Ruben's, you know, really good. You know, yeah, he's I remember a Ruben. good artist. He sings well. He held his own on America's Got Talent. But when it was time to get him to hit that next thing, because they was trying to compare him to like Luther and Barry and all that, it was hard because aesthetically now people are more interested in what they can see visually than they are about these albums because there's so much music. Back then, music was, it was rare to really get a lot of music going. People went in the studio and they waited for an album. Now, somebody says something tomorrow, they're going to have the album. The, the whole thing is going to be out. It's, you know, somebody's going to have a hot single here. And yeah, it's saturated now. It's saturated. You're right. It is. I, I don't know if Barry could, you know, maybe, maybe they do like a Millie Vanilli type thing. You know what I mean? Where you have him singing and you get some younger kid doing it, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'd love, I would love to see a second coming of Barry White. I don't White. even know if people like, when you talk about the romance genre now, you got people like Tank, right? Who's like an incredible lyricist, singer, all of that. But when you strip everything away from Tank, he got these pecs and you know, the body and, you know, the women are like, yeah, Tank, you know? Yeah. When we look at, like, you know, Usher's, ah, uh, even with the herps, Usher's still, like... He got herpes? Well, you know, he, they said he was giving the herps out like a Christmas gift a couple years ago. So, you know, that's what they said on the street. I'm going to say allegedly because me and my damn, you know, team don't have the bandwidth to fight <laughs> Usher's, whatever... <laughs> Team him and P. Diddy got from 1989. But if I was gonna get herpes, getting it from Omarion is better than Omarion. Oh, do you want who do you want herpes from? Some random fuck boy down the street, or do you want the herpes from international superstar Usher Raymond? Yeah, these are my confessions. Valtrax, Valtrax. All right, let's see. We got we got one more Patreon question. Uh, this is from TJ, and I love TJ. Uh, he he wrote something. Just reading it. Of course, we could simply ask, "What can't you get enough of? What's something that Yam you can't get enough of?" Well, I can't get enough of your beautiful smile. Mm-hmm. You know, I just got ten thousand dollars worth of dental work done. See that shit? Listen, I mean, listen, you bright, you, you you shine bright like a diamond, Aww. and you good. Uh, I, I, I would say this, I would, yeah. you know, go ahead, go ahead, no, go no, ahead. No, 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 that's, I mean, really, I mean, there's nothing, we're in, we're in a good space in life right now, right? Yeah. I can't get enough pink, I can't get enough of this show, you know, I'm gonna go back and listen to Barry White, not gonna be able to not get enough of that. Yeah. I can't get enough of the ups and downs we've been experiencing for the last four or five years, I'm proud mm-hmm. of us, but I'm also ashamed of us, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, like, there's a lot to not, you can't get enough of. And I think that that I, I can't get enough of good questions like that. I love it. I, I know this is like, I, I, I agree with everything that you just said, but I also can't get enough of these barbecue flared hippie puffs The you know what I'm talking about? They're, oh, they're the, like the, chick, the, hippo. The, the hippo chickpea puffs, yeah. dude. Barbecue, they got barbecue? Dude, it's, I, I go through a bag every two days. 
without a doubt. Like I, I switched from opiates to to chickpea puffs, <laughs> and let me tell you, it's a great addiction. Here's the other thing. You better bring me one of them bags. I'll, one I'll, I'll bring them. 100. percent Yeah, these are fire, dude. We, Jer, we got to get them to sponsor us because <laughs> yeah. I, I love them so much. Um, this is also. Uh, TJ wrote, but I first learned to Barry White when he served as the honorary grand marshal for Whacking Day on The Simpsons. And who can forget the immortal line? I love the sexy slither of a lady snake. Uh, who do you wish got to be animated back in the golden age of The Simpsons? Um, I can tell you right now, I would have loved to. And he might have been, but I don't think so. Neil Diamond. I'm a huge Neil Diamond fan. He's like the Jewish Barry White. You know what I mean? Not a, not very attractive songs about love, but I just, yeah. God damn, dude. You Barry, know like, Neil from his hair and his yeah, nose. And his That's nose. how you yep. caricature him out. I don't know if they did him. I would say Patti LaBelle, but I think they might have did Patti LaBelle. The Simpsons kind of touched everybody. I don't everybody. even know anybody they didn't really touch, even if no, it was they, just a quick cameo. Yeah, they they... And still, people want to shit on the show now, and I'm like it's it's still entertaining. It's still great, and it's and it's oh like, yeah. Listen, The Simpsons. That's our. You know, we we come from a time we saw The Simpsons when they was on the Tracy Allman show. Yeah. Okay, it's, so it's, you're talking you're talking my most of my life. The Simpsons has, and we've had we had Harry Shearer on. Uh, you had? Yeah, we had Harry Shearer on doing Doctor oh John. My God. He lives in New I had Orleans. such a crush on him. Yeah, he's the man. He's the man. All right, let's get you out of here. I got. I got. know you got to go, and and I got to go too. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everybody. What is your favorite song from this record? I guess it would be my first, my last, my everything. Yeah, I. Because I, I, it was the song my mother played that so much in her Nissan Sentra. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> my mother played that around the clock in her Nissan Sentra. I was like. It, it, I couldn't hear the song no more. Yeah. No, you're, I, I look, I, I would say your first, my last, my everything is the best song on it. I think my favorite though is I can't believe you love me. It's, it's 10 minutes of just gold. Uh, the, what song on this record do you skip over? Um, in my opinion, and I'm just going to say it, I, I think I, the only one that I think I might have skipped over is Mellow Mood Part Two, just because that's the ending and it's just a repeat of the original orchestra. I, there, everything on this record was was fucking brilliant. Um, thoughts? I, 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 you're gonna hate me, but I have to say I can't believe you love me. Oh God damn your ass! <laughs> you know what it is? I'm in a point in my life where love triggers me, and I don't yeah. want parts of it. So I can't listen to somebody go on and on for 10 minutes about love. It's a too much. I'm in an anti-love phase. I don't want to be a bother with relationships. I don't want to be in love. I don't want to be around it. So I get it. I get it. You know, fuck it. Fuck love. All right. Can you fuck to this record? <laughs> the intro, yeah. The intro gives you enough jazz. But the rest of it, no, you really can't. You got to take your time. It's a lot of foreplay. This is a foreplay album, I think. We we disagree 100. Why? I, you what are you, can, you fucking can fuck to this? You dude, you put on it right from the beginning. Mellow mood. It's so slow. It's so sexy. It's right, lush, lush love, not fucking. You talk about making love, or you talk about fucking. Same thing. It's not the same thing. Penis going in a vagina or no. the two vaginas Making mushing. love is a different rhythm than fucking somebody. Sure. 
All right, can you so you can make love to this record? You can't. Yeah, you can make it. love to this record, but you can't get your rocks in. Yeah, I know that would be no. With this, yeah, that would be weird if you just if I'm just like hooking up with some fucking comedy seller bird and I'm just like you know, my, 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 <laughs> you're my first, my last, my everything. I'm like, what's your name again? Oh, the darling too. Oh, I'm gonna get a tattoo that says uh, comedy seller bird. <laughs> I think you can fuck to it. You can fucking, you can make love, but you can make making love more than fucking. And that was a very good point. I don't know. I got, listen, when I'm fucking, it's, we, listen, with, it ain't no slow nowhere and it ain't no gazing. It's a lot of shit that we can't talk about when this is done. Yeah. And I don't think that you want to defame uh, a very white album like that with the nonsense that comes with fucking. You're right. You're right. All right. What would be your elevator pitch to get somebody to listen to this record? Um, If you listen to it, I'll fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Not make love. I'll fuck you. Not make love. <laughs> uh, Yam, promote away. Anything you want to promote? Yeah, number one, I want to promote these dry lips I've had since I came because <laughs> I just came back from the gym and my ass is dehydrated. You look great. Um, I got a lot of stuff that I'm taping in the new in the new year, but there's all this shit I can't talk about. I so I don't it. have. If you want to keep up with me? Go to my Instagram at Yamanika Y A M A N E I K A, and then I'll be unveiling stuff. I taped something really big last week. It's coming out in February. That's a little bit of a hint. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully I don't get cut from the shit, but I had a great time. And then I start taping on a series in the next couple of weeks, but I don't want to say anything about that because you know. God so damn. yeah, I'm just bo booked and busy. Good. You deserve it. Cause you're, I, I've said this to you a million times, Yum, is like, I became a better comic following you at the Comedy Cellar. That's so I, I, I have, it's, you're one of my favorite comedians, not female comics, anything. You are one of my favorite comics to watch. You make me laugh harder than most people. And, uh, and I love, I just love you. So I can't thank you enough for coming on today and, and, and being a part of the show. My, it's always fun to have you gentlemen looking at me in my little <laughs> square. <laughs> I love you, baby. Thanks again. Love you too. Thank you. What I tell you, what I tell you, the one and only Yamanika Saunders. Uh, all social media at Yamanika. I'll spell it for you. Y-A-M-A-N-E-I-K-A. -A. Uh, follow her on everything. She's she's really great, and I love her to death. And watch her live stream, Yelling Girl, on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter Live. Who do we got for new music? We have Long Beach born singer and songwriter, Give On and you're listening to his 2020 single Heartbreak Anniversary, and you can find links to the music on our website, the500podcast.com. Uh, send us your music, guys. We'll play it. We will play it. We will play it. Fart in the microphone, we'll play it. Also, something's wrong with my foot. It's been tingling and my leg hurts. Can somebody please tell me what's wrong so I don't freak out? Uh, and hopefully, you'll submit that before we get to the week nexties episode which i'm so excited my good buddy's coming on you know it you know it hasn't been back since the second episode i'm so excited and we talk about muddy waters folk singer so listen to that record and have a good week just like the day that i met you today i thought forever said that you love me but that'll last forever it's cold outside like when you walked out my life
Place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love 
want to love or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh, has impacted your life, uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. Next Chapter Podcasts.